boom, was happening. <laughs> good one. Brian, man. Um, good to see what, you. you. You too, man. What's happening podcast? Uh, folks, this is episode one. Yeah. So any of you that are into series television, this is where it all starts. That's right, right here. Yeah. This episode. Yep. Oh, it's exciting man. times. It's a very, very exciting time, yeah. man. We got our Twitter ready. Blue Delta cleaned the studio out for us. Got it all shiny and yes, polished sir. for this first new episode. Yes, Really sir. excited about that. Thanks to those guys for leaving the key for us to get in here on a yeah. Sunday. They'll always leave a light on they for will. you. Yeah, no doubt. Motel no 6. Doubt. And, is it Motel 6? Yeah, Motel yeah. 6 and Blue Delta for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, man, good things abound. Woo! I woke up this morning, a little bit of a haze, a little bit of a daze. I'm Same. not going to lie. Same. Yeah. Well, tell the folks about last night, man. Man, uh, man, Brian and I had a phenomenal evening, and you know, it's. It, I could tell you this as a as a single bachelor in mid thirties, uh, it was exactly the type of evening I needed. <laughs> you know, and Absolutely. Uh, so what we did is we went to Machine Gun Kelly KOK, which for what those the working name it's it's a working name for right now. For what you do, it's it was a it was a former business, and now uh, Mitch McCainy mm-hmm. is the owner of KOK. He has bought the building; it's right next door to his building. Only thing between it's an alleyway, and it's where he's done his pop-ups. And four, I think. Four pop-ups four. in the month of February. Yeah, he did, and had some world-renowned chefs come in. Just phenomenal work they're doing. But uh, we got a chance to sit down and have a dinner with friends, uh, with Mitch and uh, several others, actually, some of his staff. Some and of it was our friends walking down the street. Some of our friends walking in. down the street on <laughs> Main, yeah. saying hello. But it was really, really cool uh, cool night, man. And, and we got to eat good. We got to talk. We got to fellowship. and. Have a good time. I learned a lot, and I learned we we learned so much about our podcast that we didn't actually even know. But right. uh, we're here to bring you good stuff and stuff like this, local, regional, national, you name it. He was we're an awesome first guest. That like we we hit a home run. He commandeered like the show without even doing it. You know, he started talking, and we just that's right. Yeah, we just we ate it up. Literally, no pun intended. <laughs> pun, pun intended, pun actually. Intended. Full full intention there. He rehearsed. Man, it was that. a lot of fun. I'm going to ask you. We're going to have him. You know, in the interview, he'll explain what's going on and his meal and stuff. But uh, just to give people a sneak peek, what was your favorite part of the of the dish? Oh man, and I, this is this is actually crazy because you know the first bite we took of that it was a tasso Port ham. Tasso, yeah, tasso ham on like a little like a puffed up pita with some sauce, and it was. And I didn't even realize it until the second bite I took, and that was pork belly that was in the corner of that tray. And so we had, obviously, farm-to-table vegetables. Right. Uh, Mitch and several others around here, have. it's such a good scene in Tupelo. The farm-to-table, what they do, they, they it's locally sourced vegetables and people around Tupelo. And he said he butchered 150 cows last year? Yeah. I mean, 150 that's a whole cattle. Yeah. And, and, and we had a what they call a butcher picnic. Which is like something that you would normally see like in a campfire setting, yeah. I guess you'd say. Yeah. Uh, a lot of hobo pack stuff. There was brisket. There was a, a quartered chicken. And you, there's a funny bit. And, and you'll, you'll hear it. Brian got the best bite uh, of the chicken. Imagine that. I don't, guys, I'll have to speak from the heart here. I don't really know how to handle myself in a uh, shareables plate dinner. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I'm so used to eating by myself or, uh, you know, my own plate. I don't really, you know, small tapas and stuff and yeah. people picking it. So I, I don't really know how to do it. So uh, there was a funny time in the, in, uh, <laughs> let's just say, uh, there was a one gigantic piece of corn, and I didn't oh really, gosh. and nobody had touched the corn, and it was like it was grilled corn. It was beautiful, it had a, some some cheese and some sauce on it, and then uh, I tried to cut it with a steak knife, and I couldn't get it to cut. But so before I, he did this, he looked at me and kind of gave me some nonverbal communication, like, "Hey man, you want to <laughs> dig into this corn?" That's practically what he said to me with his hands and his eyes. But then 
couldn't get it to cut. So I just picked it up and started gnawing on it. Before I know, uh, about 25% of the, the corn is left. And McKinley looks across the table and says, hey, man, you going to finish off that corn? Some of us wanted some of that corn, man. But it was delicious, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I enjoyed it more so than the rest of y'all. But it was a fantastic night. And oh, yeah. The insight you get from a guy like Mitch about uh, coming up with a concept for a restaurant, um, putting all the pieces in motion, um, what goes into building a menu, uh, building a staff, a theme, you know, um, like he talks about, you know, Kermit's is an outlaw kitchen. Yeah. What, what is an outlaw? You know what right. I mean? You have, I mean, you have you to look have, up the definition. Yeah, I mean, literally. And, and, and if you look at that place, there's Waylon playing. There's Pac playing. Uh, the folks in there, you know, they, they've got some really awesome body ink and tattoos. And, you know, I mean, they, you know, it's just a really cool vibe you get when you go in there. And there's a gigantic wood-burning grill that's unlike anything I've ever seen before, you know, in an actual restaurant inside. And, man, you go in there, and I feel like I really do feel like I'm, I'm part of the cult, the outlaw yes. cult. You know, and... Uh, all of his businesses kind of carry a theme, and the new one is going to be awesome. I, I'm out, you know, he's got some working ideas and options, but really thinking it's possibly going to be a taqueria. Yes, uh, a ta- you know, a really a really nice taco place, and a little bit of something for everybody. Absolutely, he kind of walked us through it. And Mitch, more so than anything, man, he, is he a great chef? Yes, and and he's he's hesitant to tell you that, but more so than anything, he's an innovator and an entrepreneur. And I'll tell you something else: that dude loves Tupelo. I yes. mean, I mean, you guys, you guys that know Mitch, you know how much he loves Tupelo. But I don't even think knowing him can convey the pride he feels in that downtown area. What's going on uh, up? I guess you would say North Tupelo near Blue yes. Canoe, it's South Head and Source of Latillo, the Joiner area, like just all the revamping and uh, the things they're doing here. Man, he's at the forefront of it. He's, he, he's he, in he, tune. He is leading the charge. Man. And he, I mean, he is most certainly, you know, ten years from now, a hundred years from now. He's on the Mount Rushmore of Tupelo. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and it probably already is. This this generation now, when the younger kids, the 16-year-olds, the kid in high school, the kid who goes to college, uh, people my age, when we are uh, 60, 70, yeah. I feel like his name will be spoken in reverence in the area, kind of like we speak of, and not no same, so some of the Reeds. Sure. You, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Because, the Presleys. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, um, Mitch is, he is, he and Adam and the Haydens who own Cafe 212 yes. and all those different folks in that group, they have turned Tupelo into a foodie city. Yes. I mean, if you combine Tupelo with what's going on in Oxford all the way up to Memphis over to Birmingham, the I-22 corridor, oh, down, man. you know, right out. I mean, and I know in Oxford's just off of that. It's insane. Oh, I mean, it's, you, could, it's, you could plan a week trip just eating. A hundred percent. It's it's become a melting pot for food. People that enjoy food travel yeah. it, it's tupelo is now a destination city to have a meal absolutely and not just locally you know i'm not talking about people driving from pontotoc and saltillo there's people that will drive from birmingham jackson corinth people Meridian. drive from several hours to go watch a good bandit blue canoe and and eat the blueberry bread pudding from Connie. Oh you know what i mean uh, people yeah. come to kok when james taylor's in town yes and they'll come all the way up here from jackson down here from jackson tennessee and they will eat at kok they'll make their reservations weeks in advance and they'll go sell out to bancorp south arena to watch james taylor i mean absolutely and i don't think you can almost have one without the other now like when there's an event you know they're going to be loaded down you go to kok and absolutely and they're going to be through the you know uh, full of the gills and that's kind of why the new place is so convenient yes kok nice restaurant uh really it's it, it's high-end cuisine like i said with the outlaw feel but some folks maybe don't feel like it's as family friendly because it is a bar. It is up a bar. Top. I mean, I mean, yeah. up top, it's a restaurant with a really good high end bar program. Yes. Um, they might feel intimidated to bring a 15, 16 year old kid in there, a child, 
the new place. The, the Taqueria, yeah, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, the yes. new place next door, MGK, okay. And that's, I don't think that's going to be the No, name. he's, he's going to say that. something. It rolls off the tongue, that. so it's like that. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a place, like I said, where you can go in if you're a, a 17-year-old kid and you got a date. Yeah. You want to kind of, and you don't necessarily want to drop a, a bill at KOK. You you'll go there and you'll spend thirty five forty bucks. You'll get a good meal and you have that downtown vibe. Mm-hmm. They've revamped the alleyway there with some the murals big games and, yeah, and bocce ball, all kind of stuff you can yes. do. He's got a real good thing going on, and I'm not going to give too much info because no, we wouldn't let him. He's going to talk about it, but I, I'm really excited about it. And I got to ask McKinley, uh, personal on another personal level, what about that drink you had last night? Oh man, so Megan, yeah. Die. Who's his? I guess his lead bartender. I mean, she she's she does the, a little she bit. Is, of I think she's the GM at KOK. She, she, like, that makes she, sense. she is. She has gone through the the, the chain of command. She there runs. The, she yeah, runs the show. Yeah, she runs it well. So. And uh, but she's also a mixologist. She she understands like these neat cocktails. And personally, I'm not a. I mean, I'm not a heavy drinker. But man, she knows the science behind it, man. Exactly, and she knows how to make stuff that like. So last night when she you know she's she's taking our orders and I I'm not a cocktail guy. I don't know what I want. And I just, I looked there, I said, dealer's choice. <laughs> and she brought me a smoked sweet tea strawberry bourbon. Man, it looked awesome. And like, so like, I, I didn't even know what it was until she brought it in. And then she brings it in and she's like explaining it. And there's a piece of wood on top of it. And I look under and the drink is smoking, but it's cold. And she was like, yeah, if you want to keep the smoke in there, just keep the wood on there as long as you want. If you don't, uh, just pull the wood off and the, the, the pineapple ice cubes will melt and the drink will get sweeter as you drink it. And right. I'm like, you have a Ph.D. in cocktails. A Ph.D. in mixology. Yes. And like, it, but it was it was phenomenal. Like she she has got it going on. But the drink itself was like, it's almost like not even like I was drinking an alcoholic beverage. Right. And the cool thing what she said was, you know, and they take time to prepare that drink long before you order it. Yes. Because what I mean by that is they freeze sweet tea. Into ice cubes. That was the, you know that was I mean? the cubes, Because they don't want yeah. to water down the drink with ice, so they freeze the sweet tea, and that's kind of where the sweet tea, the southern sweet tea comes in. Man, it looked awesome. I had their take on the uh, the Moscow Mule. They're yeah. Jackass. Man, it's really awesome. I mean, yeah. they, it's, everything's infused with ginger. It's not just your basic. We should have swapped. Just so you could try mine and I could try yours? That would have been cool. We we'll do it next that. time. We'll do it next time. We'll just mix it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm down. <laughs> you know, and, and if I'd have said dealer's choice, she would have brought me exactly what she brought me. It's, my, it's, it's what she it, knew it, you it's, wanted. It's, yeah. it's my favorite drink that I've ever had at all the bars I've ever been at. And but I, but and that I alone that, is, is like, even if you're not hungry, it's worth going up there and spending nine bucks. Just on a, a cool something you've never had. And I know things change seasonally, and Mitch has to kind of change the menu with what's in season. Um, but when oysters are in season. Uh, and I, and this might be a, a, a 52 weeks out of the year kind of thing, but I don't want to speak out of turn because things change. Uh, and people can be listening to this podcast 10 years from now. But at least when they're in season, they have dollar oyster night, yeah. happy hour on Thursday. So you can go to KOK and spend 25 bucks and get two fine cocktails and a, or, or, and a thing of oysters for 35 bucks with a tip. Yeah. And, dude, you can't get anything better. The two no. best drinks you'll ever have with world-class oysters sure. in, in the coolest bar and restaurant in North Mississippi. And one thing we you know we we didn't talk about this a lot, but we, we talked about it. But I don't necessarily know that we had it po- you know on our podcast. But some things that we some things we cannot pull the curtain back right. We, we definitely can't. <laughs> but you know, people love to eat food they haven't eaten before and food that tastes good and like makes you feel good. And there's places you go. You go to Oxford. You go to Memphis. You go to Jackson. Go to Birmingham. You're paying a hundred bucks for great food. But at Mitch's place, it's very reasonable. It is. And, you know, I mean, yes, I mean, good food costs costs money. But Mitch has made it reasonable enough to where if you want to have a night out, it's a great place to go. It really is. And it's local. And between, 
and, and it's like you said, you know, sure, if you don't want to come to KOK and maybe drop $100 on a date night, go to Neon Pig. Yeah, spend half get a burger. That. And if you don't want to go there, go to King Chicken. Go to King and Chicken. spend half that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean so he's, he's got something for everybody. He does. I'm, and, and, the, and the new place is going to be, it's it's going to be so revolutionary. Yeah. It's like nothing Tupelo's ever right, had. Nothing. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And the cool thing about Mitch and what he's done with his three restaurants is it, and, and, and what Megan has done with the bar program and stuff sure. like that, is it has made the rest of Tupelo step their game up. Tupelo, you know what I mean, is the cool kids table it now, is. and it's 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 turning into. And Mitch said this, and I and I I, I love the way the way he said it. But it when he we were talking about uh, you know, just where it is and where it is regionally. Right. He said it's the ultimate southern town. Oh yeah. And it almost needs to be Tupelo's name. It is the ultimate southern town, and it's it's turning. Yeah, nobody into, cares that we're the first TVA city guys, but. Right, they care now that we're the ultimate Southern town. Yes, so and, and like that. there's everybody loves Tupelo. I know. If you don't like, I mean, I have a personal problem because I'm born and raised here. People from all over the globe love Tupelo, but people love Tupelo now. And I actually just saw in the paper uh, recently uh, the mayor Jason Shelton is taking groups to like festivals to Norway and to, to to increase tourism because if there's anything that foreigners love, it's Elvis. Yeah, and. Our community has done such a good job, and specifically Mitch and people like Mitch, of branding that in and saying, you know, music started here. Mm -hmm. Good music started here. And it started with the king, and we're starting to get to where we, you know, we we, we advertise that right. as a town. We love Elvis. Yeah, we, we want we've you to love Elvis. We've always embraced it, and now I feel like we have reached a place where uh, we have been found a good way to throw it out there to the world. Yes. Social media, the folks like at the uh, – the Convention Avengers Bureau, like all those folks, like they have figured out a way to tell the world about Tupelo. And we are, we were a hidden gym. Yes. And now we're just a gym. It's just a gym. It's just a gym. That's I right. I mean, that's just, that's all, we're, we're not so hidden anymore. You throw places like the, the Canoe. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, Cafe 212, what Mitch is doing at all his three places. Um, throw that with the Elvis Fest. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Stables Downtown. Yeah. There's so much character that comes from yes. the birthplace. I mean, I'll tell you another thing that makes it so cool, too. In a town this size, not just complete, not huge, but places like Blue Canoe and KOK could compete with each other and hate each other's guts, but they work together. They do. And they make it merry, and they make more people want to go, hey, man, uh, you know, hey, go try this place if you hadn't been there. And Mitch does such a good job of, and he was talking about this, and you'll hear some of this, too, where he says, you know, everybody knows what I do now. I want to know what you do, and I love that because he's like, tell me what you do. Tell me where you work and how you work, and I want to know your operation. What's your shop look like? Yeah. And that's so awesome, man. Like He, he embraces it all, and he's a sponge. He knows so much. Yes. And you get so much knowledge and insight from him. He's so good at relating things because he's he's from where we're from. Yeah. I mean, but he's gone off, and he'll mention it. He's been to Vail. He's oh, worked in New Birmingham. York. He's been to New York. He's well-traveled. But he, it's like he says – Everywhere I go, I bring back a little bit of that place, but I always leave a little bit of Mississippi. Love you know what that. I mean? Everywhere he goes. Like, he's like, man, yeah. I got friends from Vail. He's told me this many times that they know a ton about where I'm from, and they've never been here because I, I have gave so much of here to them. Sure. You know, and, man, shout out to him for doing it for us last night. No kidding. Uh, it, it was a world-class uh, meal, and it was the best co uh, company uh, that you could probably keep. Yeah. And, man, like you said, the best bartender in the area. Oh, my gosh. Time, so. It's not even close. It's not even close. But anyway, shout out to Mitch. We're going to get to that interview real quick. But before we move along, i got to ask McKinley something. And it's kind of been, it's kind of been, <clears throat> I don't know, on my brain since we left each other last night. If you 
could start a restaurant. I want to know what your concept would be. All right, here Mitch me. goes into that, and he has so many ideas. I want to know what yours would be. And I, I, I would like for Mitch to take this and run with it, but I know he's going to say, "Man, you need to do that." Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> he's going to say, "Yeah, you can do that." That's that's, that's that kind of guy he is. All right. So, one thing that most everybody loves, ice cream. Okay. What if you took the same concept and did it with mashed potatoes and mac and cheese, and you just had like an ice cream parlor, except where it was a mac and mash parlor. And you did, like, so you get your scoop of your mac and cheese, or you get your scoop of your, your mashed potatoes, and then there's a toppings deal. And you could like, even get creative with the names. You could like, put, like, meat on it and stuff. Yeah, you okay. could have a hot gravy sundae. You know, you do a scoop of mash, scoop of mac, scoop of mash, gravy on the top, a little bacon. Oh, man. I know. It sounds good. <laughs> I, I, was, I was laughing outside the mic when he said this, and now I'm intrigued. I know, right? I mean, that's. Sounds- I almost don't want to tell Mitch because I'm scared he's going to push me to do it. He's like, man, there's a building down here that's, yeah. that's not occupied. Yeah. You need to buy it. We got this second level above <laughs> GKOK. <laughs> we can set up your, your buffet. It'll be great. What about you, man? You, you got a restaurant idea? Uh, I've had several in my day, but I would like to, my, I would like to give a friend of mine a shout out here because I thought he had a genius idea. And uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to steal his idea, but this is one of the best things I've ever thought of. College Town, okay, sure. Um, a place where all you do is cook the frozen foods that you love for like next to nothing. It could be a food truck. Like say, oh, for instance, man. like but like have a really good bar program. So like I could go in and get a bowl of fruity pebbles, and then you know have me a good drink. Or I could say, hey man, I need a dozen bagel bites. You know, I would like some uncrustables. You could call it the freezer. You call it deep oh. you know what I mean? Like you call it, or you know, the toaster, whatever you want to call it. But like, literally, just have a wall lined with toaster ovens, stuff like that, and like you just see them put your food in. Oh, it's incredible! Hot pockets, man. You know, we got ten kind. What do you want? You know, like, and my friend Nick, this was his idea. The guy blew it out there. He, he came up with this years ago, and I thought it was genius. Oh yeah, because I mean, you even like post bar. Yeah. Like if you did it somewhere in like yeah. Oxford, it's like, yeah. dude, I, I really am hungry, but I don't want to wait in line for a corn dog right now. Yeah, I really want two hot pockets. Yeah. Let's go to the freezer. Yeah. 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 We're going to have the freezer. And like you could do it beforehand. Like you don't want to eat a big meal before you go to the bar. Yeah. You know, hey, man, I'm going to go here real quick and just get me, uh, like I said, you know, uh, some ballpark un- nachos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some uncrustables. Oh, yeah, I mean, those things are so, so good. good. Yeah. You know, if I could get a, I need a dozen uh, corn dog nuggets. You know what I mean? Oh. You know, Hebrew National, those corn dog. I mean, those things would be so, so good. Shout out to Nick. I think that's the best idea for a restaurant that I would. I, I could come up with it. It was his idea. So I just came up with another one listening to you talk about that. You what, you got, what you got? A place called Leftovers. Oh, man. You bring, like, you go shopping. <laughs> and so, like, let's say, I mean, if you're like kind of the same college kind of diet and budget. So, like, all right, man, I got some cheese. I got some ramen. I got some hot dogs. I got, you know, figure it out. You know, just hand, hand a, a good chef some ingredients and they've got basic salt pepper spices and sauces and stuff like that and they just make you something man like if you could go take a cut of meat to somebody and you just call it leftovers you're speaking to my college poverty <laughs> my too my, I gotta, before we before we go to break and uh, bring on Mitch I gotta speak to my broke Brian came out last night when we were at the, <laughs> we, were at the we were eating the butcher picnic and uh, uh there was no more meat to put on my tortilla <laughs> There were all there were all sorts of grilled vegetables and they were beautiful, but I didn't want to eat vegetables on my tortilla. It just didn't seem right to me. I did. So I got just the tortilla, and they had created their own house made condiments. And I put the condiments on my tortilla and folded yeah. it over and ate like a condiment quesadilla, which is exactly what I did. 
<laughs> well, and Mitch college. is going to talk about it, but there were three sauces, all of them each delicious in their own right. One of them was like a pepper sauce. Yeah. And all it was is pretty much just. Did you say it was a romesco or, sauce? Yeah, romesco. Romesco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One was a romesco. And he'll talk about them, but the one in the middle, the one they just created on their own. That butter, yeah. vinaigrette, whatever, like yeah. deconstructed vinaigrette. If y'all weren't there, I might have pulled out a straw, and I don't even use straws. L- like, like That's that. one of those things you could take saltines and just dip it and eat them. <laughs> you think the fish house be upset if we took a thing of that, <laughs> <laughs> thing of that dressing and sauce with our crackers next to that? Just bring our own. Yeah. You can bring your own stuff into the fish house anyway, so we can just bring it. No, no, we're good. Just need the crackers, and uh, we'll, we'll dip our own dressing in there. No, no meal. Just yeah. sweet tea. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> and crackers. <laughs> but anyway, but look, uh, I, we know you're ready to hear Mitch because it was such a good interview. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back with the man himself and our dinner with friends. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Stick them. Ha, ha, ha. Stick them. Stick them. Ha, ha, ha. Stick them. Stick them. Welcome back to the What's Happening podcast in this edition of Dinner with Friends with Brian, my fantastic co-host. Love you, man. Love you too. Fun. And uh, Mitch McCamey in the house, man. And Mitch, man, the the meal. Wow. It was it was a like. The service, like, you just put us through the whole gamut, man. And, like, we can't thank you enough for that. And hey, one thing, like, I've got so many. I could sit down with you for days and just ask you a million questions about food. He has a plethora food. of questions. Like, I, I'm, I don't want to, like, I hate to call myself a foodie. I'm not a foodie, but, like, I love to eat. My whole family loves to it's eat. It's cool to be into things. You know? <laughs> and, and, and you have to eat. Yeah, and you, it's required. So it's a requirement. It's a cool thing to be into. And I, and I just want to make, you know, I make sure that, 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 you know, I'm one of those people, and I, the first question I've got for you, man, specifically, what happens if, um, like, it's, I've always heard that it's an insult to the chef if you clean your plate. Is that true? Like, I mean, is it? Why don't we always have to talk about food? I'm a real person, too. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously, that's, that's man. Awesome. No, 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 can no, can no. I be real real quick before you answer this question? We've talked about doing this episode since the first time we decided to do a podcast. McKinley <laughs> has been making Dude, I've been stewing food questions. I'm like, ask Brian these before. I'm like, man, is it really an insult? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't cook food for people. <laughs> no, it's not an insult. Nothing's an insult. You know, I mean, you have to serve. What it is is difficult. you got to serve good food to every person, every day, every plate. Right. You know, and so <clears throat> how people choose to eat their food is equally as important as us. Um cooking it it's it's like um somebody playing music or sports people have to come see you sure you know so <clears throat> no i mean I, well I never, i'm really asking I, that I question never as think, a fat guy no no, no, like, no, you know, no I, I, I think that i mean you know i think that people get too caught up in in first of all i think that the customer's always wrong because, no doubt you do but i, I think that because I want to do a great job and give you great food and great service. And if I do that, then we're leading and we're always ahead of the customer, which is what you should do. You have to know your customer. Sure. And for us, it's so much more than a business plan. It's our entire craft that, you know, saying that has nothing to do with the customer. It has to do with, look, we know what we need to do in our jobs. We care enough about it that 
we want to make everybody extremely happy. And so I, my, my mission is pretty simple. It's, you know, making people happy. Love it. Well, I want to speak to that as a customer of yours for a long time now. You do that, but what you do the best job of is educating the customer. It's not even educating the customer that comes to your restaurant. It's educating the regional public in your area. For instance, so many people that I have talked to throughout the years, as I told them, oh man, I go to KOK often. They're a farm-to-table restaurant. They're kind of reinventing the game in this area. Here's what they're doing. I tell them a little bit of what you do. It educates them. You educated me on it. I spread it. That's the key. Staying ahead of the customer, I think, has a lot to do with sure. educating the customer. I mean, for instance, you brought in food tonight. It looked beautiful. I didn't know what half of it was. I put it in my mouth. It was great. You, you told me what it was, why we cook it this way, why we brine it. Why we and it made it. it better. And it made it better once I know where it came from. Tell me, give me a little bit of farm-to-table aspect. Why, why does that succeed at this day and age in an old-timey style, in a new age? Well, I'll tell you, too, that everything we ate tonight was really rustic and relatable. So you feel like you can dig in. That's one thing. You grab some with your hands. That's right. That's yes, one thing. That was that, awesome. That's one it. thing that we have tried to take out is, and look, when I say this, well, I just had a meeting about it. We made a lot of mistakes. We try to take out a lot of the classic components of fine dining to make it where people feel comfortable and give sure. them dishes that they're familiar with, but done with better ingredients that are local. And also some dishes that maybe they're not because that's cool too. You know, like it's cool to serve a burger. It's also cool to um, serve a cut that maybe people aren't very familiar with. So it is that education, but it goes both ways because we're learning from the customer. Right. If, at the same time, if we're not listening and watching communities and how things evolve, you can't get stagnant, or at least we can't. Some, some old school, some of the best restaurants, my aunt and uncle own uh, a service station in Shannon, and it's just a fish and steakhouse. Griggs. Griggs, man. That's look, spot. They, they, they don't have to evolve because, unless it's a business plan, because what they do is what we do. Our niche is 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 filling that area for Tupelo. But, you know, it, it is always important to give people good food. Give them a good, in, in the niche we're in, give, you, give them an experience and good food. Good food and good drink needs to be so good that you forget how good it is because it's really about the company at the table. Absolutely. It happened tonight. It most, and it still it is. is. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I love about that you say about that, and I've got this feeling going on right now that I know that I just ate really, really good food and I had really, really good company. But like, I don't want the feeling of, oh man, I just had fine dining or, oh man, I just had, you know, hand food. I just had a good time. And I'm, you know, still, you know, like y'all do such a good job. The thing we'll talk about when they leave here, it'll be like, man, the food was great. But and that was a great That's story. just a good Saturday night, man. It's phenomenal. And look, we say that all the time. We say engage customers and get to know customers. What is your craft? What do you do? We love the craft, whether it's somebody who works at Toyota coming in, whether it's you guys, like, talking about that work. We love that grind. You know, as, as, as David Goggins says, like, we love the suck. We love the washing dishes. We love scrubbing the floors. Like, 
all that stuff goes into it. But going back to educating, educating a, a clientele or region, people around here know really good food. You know, like, hey, I mean, and let's, 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 and everybody says that and it gets people, it may get oversaid, but let's be honest, they can cook better they can. than you. They yeah. can, and, and they grew up tougher than you yeah. and they're stronger than you. And then this is another part of it. People always want to give shit about, um, well, they always think that I hate these corporate restaurants. No, what I hate is restaurants that want to be fine dining, want to be this, want to be local, that phone it in. What I love is, you know, Cracker Barrel. I don't necessarily eat there, but my <laughs> grandmother does. Yes. And you know why? Because it's relatable. You because canned green beans hadn't been around a long time. Sure. And they went through the Depression, and they had to put all that stuff up. So one day when canned green beans came in, it was a big freaking deal. Big deal. And, you know, people, don't, people just aren't, they don't understand it because they haven't analyzed it probably like I have top to bottom. But, like, my grandmother is not in love with my restaurants. <laughs> Look, she loves me. She's a sweetheart. But like, It's her favorite restaurant, but she's going to Cracker Bro first. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but wh why is that? It's because, you know, it's also entertainment. Let's be honest about it. In today's age, oh, yeah. it's good food. But if, if you were to ask her if she would spend that amount of money, she would never spend that amount right. of money. Right. My, when they all do, of our grandmothers. Yeah. That my way. grandmother was a very uh, a independently wealthy woman. Her idea of going to get a good steak when I was younger was we would go to Bonanza or Ryan Steakhouse. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, she the the idea of her coming to a place like Mitch's would be crazy. Like, oh, sure. all this stuff on a board. Look, last but year I, I, I come that. from some of the better restaurants in America, and they are brutal to work in. But that's a different story. Um, that's for another dinner. With last year, I w went to Eleven Madison Park in New York with Megan and it was voted number one restaurant in the world which normally doesn't go to an American restaurant we went there and um what'd you wear black on black I mean but did you I was did you have to dress like I you know that's I, what thought, I, was, I thought he'd have his blue on black blue delta jeans I thought that oh, you know and, but, but <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say you, I'm gonna say United lost his luggage on the way yes <laughs> they did lose it on the way they back they lost it on the way back they, um but you know the the reality is is that it it wasn't great yeah and i expected more show because it is entertainment and uh, you know kind of like the the the, the it's it, look it's all it's it's it, it is really never about the food and the drink and it's look it's all about it and if you're me i go insane thinking about it and i I've had to temper myself all the time because we're just like earlier. I am like Jordan in an aspect that I will slap Steve Kerr. <laughs> and I've had to reel that in because I needed it to make it so far, but then sure. if I don't change that, that makes me old and in the way. It's really cool when you're 25 to 45, but when you're 50, you're just an old curmudgeon. So be careful right. there. I mean, really. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. You're the get off my lawn kind of guy. That's it. When you're that age. That's it. And so what I was saying is, is that Having said that, and having said about 11 Madison Park, the greatest meals that I remember are eating at Barn Hills with my grandpa no when he was right. alive after church. Sure. You know, it, I need, I'd eat a Ryan Steakhouse every day with Wanda DeLoach if I could. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's certainly well done. Don't care. Catch up. Going cool. to, go to my grandmother's house, <laughs> and we all talk about this, but like, it's a real thing. Um, and there being a meal for 20. 
and you just showed up. She didn't know anybody was coming. Yeah. But uh, I will say this, and parlay this into a whole other thing. People talk about, well, my kid will only eat this. Well, my grandmother was, I don't really know if she's ever told a lie. She's just that generation. You know, like, right. she didn't need to. But I was never asked once what I wanted. And it wasn't in a bad way. It wasn't not in a kind way. It was, hey, baby, peas and cornbread. I've got this made. And yeah. eating buttermilk with cornbread and watching Will and Fortune, my granddad. So man, we've Sounds like my Tuesday night. Man, so, and, and look, we've got to be careful <laughs> losing that because I think people underestimate that Southern food is some of the best food in the world. And it's because farmers are making your food. Yes. Look, we don't do a good enough job of it. But my grandparents, you have hogs, they have pigs, you got chickens. We had rabbits. I got my heart broken once, <laughs> you know, because, like, I could go ahead and tell a whole story about my grandfather killing my rabbit. I had a cow named May. I worked on a cattle farm, and that, it, it is simply better. Dumplings made. Correctly. Yeah. You know, like, all that stuff that, that's hard. Speaking of this, I got one thing I want to ask you. But there was one thing you could incorporate from your grandmother's menu, or your, or maybe even Donna's, your home cooking. What would be one thing that you were like, you know what? I wish I could share this dish with Tupelo. You know my favorite meal in the world. I was going to ask I, later, I love, so I've got to know. Segway in here. Is, oh yes, I'm dying. To is know. my mom's spaghetti? It's not That's fresh. So awesome. Listen, it's not fresh pasta. Can I speak on this? I've actually yeah. had your mom's spaghetti. Yes. She cooked it one time, and you told you told me to come down and get some. When I yeah. was like, dude, it's fantastic. Tell well, me about the spaghetti. But you know what? It, it, it's I don't I don't know. It's not Megan's favorite spaghetti because her mom's favorite spaghetti. It's kind of like barbecue, right? It's ain't like, no barbecue better than Memphis barbecue if you're from Memphis. That's right. And ain't no barbecue better than Oklahoma barbecue if you're from Oklahoma. <laughs> and that's right. the beauty. That's so and, right. and that's if you're from Brewer. That, that, that's the best thing about Southern spaghetti is like, no, nothing is local. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't make a f My mom was that first generation of women that went out there and worked 80 hours a week. Right. And was going to be independent and didn't cook as much. And she didn't cook those dishes my grandmother cooked. We had salmon patties. Yes, in the we, pan. She did a lot of jobs. Yes. Hamburger helpers, I bet. Dude, uh, hamburger helpers. Beef stroganoff awesome. was probably dynamite. And, and you know what? Italian pasta with shell, and, and, shells. And to this day... We all live in Joiner. She calls and she said, I have hamburger helper rolling and I'm rolling over there with the two pieces of white bread and the hamburger helper. And you just yes, left sir. a $50 filet in the, in the vegetable art project. Yeah. And, 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 and the salad that is onion, tomato, cucumber, greens. Oh, do you want ranch? Do you want ranch or vinaigrette? We don't, they don't do Thousand Island on that side because we are from, I'm not this person, but they are. Do we like mayonnaise? My mom was not a mayonnaise person, you know, and so that's right. You know, so it's so just all those that, things. That that little salad you were talking about—that's the one where you just you just take it, put it in a bowl, and then throw a little ranch in there and just yes. mix it. That's so good, that's man. Like the the hey, but that's exactly right. Look, but let's not forget about the fake bacon bits. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's a big part of faux it. bacon is where it's at. Yeah. I used to load up baked potatoes with those faux bacon bits. The salmon fillets. You know the oh. the 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 chicken and dumplings. You know those dishes are just they're special. My my grandmother used to make a dish, and I speak on this talking about how they they used to be able to do more with less. You know what I mean? They were raised. Oh yeah. The end of the depression or or a recession times when they have to you know get hamburger meat and something. So we had a thing called super burger, and it's gonna be right up your alley. Um, brown hamburger meat. 
you cook vegetarian vegetable soup in a, or what drain it, vegetarian vegetable soup, you mix it in a pot with a little ketchup mustard, put it on white bread, open face sandwich. There you go. Shut up. I'm telling you. That sounds amazing. It is amazing. It's called Super Burger. Super Burger. Yeah. Mary Lou Baldwin special right there. But this is what he's saying. No, 100%. Back like mothers worked. Yeah. They had, they had to go put in 60 to 80 hours. Yeah. To feed their kids. A lot of times, single mothers' homes. Yeah. Single mothers' homes at that time. They'd figure it out. Can I say this, though? Yeah. That sounds delicious. It is. It does. I'm, I'm not so even kidding. You said that. Yeah. Like that, See, that, my siblings eat it for Christmas every year now. No kidding. Yeah, that's weird. That's awesome. That the next dinner of friends, we're gonna cook that. Dude, I'm gonna cook the soup burger. Yes, can that we be are. tomorrow night? Or? <laughs> no, for, for sure. And, and it's funny because it's all it. We grew up on that food, and we think well, we have a tendency to think that other people's foods are different. But if you grow up on it, it's normal. It's normal. But that none of that food is normal. No. You know, no. And I, my mom's is garlic. Her, here's This is great because I know she's going to listen. Her, her premier dish is garlic and herb chicken pasta. That's what she calls it. Y'all, it's, it's boiled chicken, noodles, salt, pepper. But I don't know what else she puts in it, but she calls it garlic and herb chicken pasta. But it's delicious. But it's delicious. It's, 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 it's my favorite thing that she cooks. Same way y'all are saying. Well, it's family food. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, you make yep. a big pot of it, you yep. put it down, you get a salad or some bread, you put tea or unsweet or whatever you want. Yeah. And which, speaking of, sweet tea is extremely strange. Very strange. Everywhere else, it's like. So you're going to dump sugar in this tea? Yeah. They think we're crazy. Hey, it's going to your diabetes in a cup? Yeah. But do you ever notice how the sweet tea changes from house to house? Right, like you'll go to somebody's house and you'll be like, dude, it's like what is up with your sweet tea? I remember it as a kid, and like I would, you'd say it about somebody else, and be like, man, so-and-so's mom's sweet tea? Unbelievable. Like, it was my mom's sweet tea. She pounded it with sugar, so like, everybody's like, just high on that sweet tea. But if you get, like, if I go literally to Literally high on that like, sweet Like, literally, tea. like a sugar, <laughs> like, gotta get the little pin check. Dude, yeah. in the summers... Playing wiffle ball, sweet tea, and being rationed on Otter Pops. Oh. I mean, that is, that's oh. the, see, that's what I love about food. You just pulled on my heartstrings. No Look, a, everybody, dude, I used to have this pitch called the Lupin Lizard where oh, I put a rock in it. I would destroy people. You used, to, you used to load your wiffle ball, put dude, a rock I, in there? I would load my bats. <laughs> You I never taped a bat? Did you ever play? I definitely taped. Like definitely taped. Yes. And, and, you know, but that, that's what I, I'm really fortunate to to have gotten in food because it's grown and now it's cool and there's so many avenues right. of it. But it it was just a mistake. I I and I just I was just good at it. Yeah. And it ended up under people that were the best at it. But it's all going back casual and it's fun to talk about the memory food. And if I could yeah. build a concept, people always like, you know what we need in Tupelo or you know what we need and it's always shifted towards fine dining or something. And I'm like, look. How many I, times have you heard, you know what you need to do, you know what we, you, you know do. what? No, and, yeah. but, but a lot of times, they're right. They're right. But yeah. they need to do it. Because you right. know the kind of place I want to open up. I was about to ask you that. If you had to do an ideal concept, then who do you want? If I could do yeah. anything yeah. I wanted. Regardless of region, Genre, you name yeah. it. Yeah, I, would, yeah. I just thought about I would do all that food we're talking about. Dude. I would do Super Bowl. Dude. I would do, I would do salmon patties. <laughs> Grandma's Boy's the restaurant. I'm I, out of it. I, I would do the yes. I would do the chicken and garlic uh, pasta. We'll put Super Burger out there. I would do the Super Burger. I would do. Dude, that's phenomenal. Well, look, I was I just took this trip and it was a, it was amazing, people. Um, and and 
Nathan Strange an hour later. Yeah. But anyway, we cool I, 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 amazing guy. Um, I, I, I we um, I was fed a mustard and peanut butter sandwich. Sounds and, like me and my about 23, 24, my student loans had run out. But look, <laughs> sugar water. It, it was delicious. It was, I'm not kidding. Like, it wasn't one of those things like, oh, it, it was so good. Like, sea urchin. Have you ever tried sea urchin? Oh, it's so good. You know, it's like, no, it's like, they were like, it just worked. And the guy who made it was an amazing guy. He, it had been taught to him. And it was just one of those heirloom. And blown away. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's the cool, that's, I, I can, like, the way this conversation has gone has been really awesome. But, like, I, I really, that's really the cool food. Yeah. You but know? you mentioned that, and that what makes that so cool, and you said mustard, it made me think of this. I didn't know about this until I met a guy in college, and he was, and I don't, even, I don't even know if this was a Louisiana thing or like an up north thing, but we got chili one night, and he doused his in mustard. Really? I was like, what are you doing? He was like, man, I'm, you don't put mustard on your chili? I feel like chili? I've had Skyline chili before in Cincinnati, and I think- Is that a thing? I, so was, I guess that's a thing. Well, I know they put mustard on chili dogs. But I mean, I he, I'm not kidding y'all. He took a, a bottle of French's. I love mustard and I love onion. I oh, love oh too. And I will put that on yeah. like. Mustard yeah. that. Like, if, if, look, if I eat fries and there just happens to be a bottle of mustard, I'm not gonna go out of my way to like get the mustard, but I'm just gonna be like, yep. No doubt. Like condiments are cool, <laughs> right? It's, it's so like, cool to hear you say condiments are cool. I'm about to put like, coming, coming from like, I, I wouldn't allow ketchup in the beginning in, in the restaurants. Um, Some guy asked you for ketchup on your early days at the uh, Home Chef Market before it became KO, or before it became the Down Pig, and I think Mitch's exact quote was, "Hey, dude, go kick some rocks." Well, I didn't know enough, and I was worried about people bullying us into what they wanted, right. and, and we had worked really hard to build a menu that gave, like, you know, gave them barbecue sauce, but it was poison. Well, it was Asian, you know, like, well, you know, give you what you want, what's relatable, but you know. I remember back in that day and eating at the counter at the at the big and be like, what's hoisin? And they were like, you'll like it, man. I'm like, you're right, I did like it. It's well, great. And and you don't know what that kind of stuff is, but. And, but and, it's barbecue sauce. But it's yeah. barbecue sauce. And, so yeah. you're like. And speaking to your thing about, you're like, telling people we don't have ketchup and stuff. People don't realize you had spent hours, days, weeks, months, years developing and crafting a menu. It's an art in your brain, and you, the picture you painted with your food did not include ketchup. It was not in the flavor profile. Yeah, it was not. So why have it? I mean, I get it. And I I will say this, that like, you know, people forget that Dylan wrote all of those songs in like 10 years. Yeah. And that that was a really creative period for us, and that menu still stands to this day. And it is the best. And people are always like, you need to change the the menu. I'm like, they're like, you need to change the menu. I'm like. You need to uh, open up a whole animal butcher shop that also serves food in this market. You need to diversify yeah. your bonds. Right. <laughs> you, know? you need to turn around and look at the parking lot right. and how busy it is in here. Yeah, yeah you need to kick rocks. Yeah. But, <laughs> but not really. You need to really, check Look, not, 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 not really because I understand what they're saying. But it that concept, look, it, we blur concepts. Yeah. We do. But the reality is, is that. I used to do noodle bowls out of that place and all kind of stuff. First but, thing I ever ate at your restaurant was the uh, pork belly bun. Oh my god! Changed my life. It really did, dude. I didn't yeah. even know what the what the bun was, and I don't remember. Who, and it was Seth was actually there, and I was like, Seth, 
What is this? What am I about to eat? Shout out to Seth. One of the Seth, hardest working Seth. guys in the food industry. No kidding, man. He's a, he's a, he's a hustler, dude. He's a good guy. He I've known Seth a long, long time. But, man, I was, I was like, what is this? He said, well, it's steamed bread. <laughs> I was like, it's what? I love bread. I was like, I like bread. I like things that are steamed. And then I didn't know what pork belly was. Like, yeah. and I'm like, and he was like, well, you just want to try a bite before I put it on your thing? I was like, yeah, sure. It's, That's it. It's... Yeah, it's like fatty, thick, amazing. But but you know why it works? Oh, and now there's man. backlash in pork belly is because it's good. It's yeah. good. You know, and it's fantastic. It's so unbelievable. Man. But look, you look back on those days when Seth and I were working for this is a this is a hundred percent true statement. For one exact year, we worked open to close every. Day. I do not dispute that. Seth, no, cooked. not at all. And I like that, by the way, because every time I go in there, I'd see your two smiling faces. Yeah. Seth <laughs> cooked, I plated, and we rotated to the butcher counter every day. And you know how much we knew about butchering? Not enough. Google it. You, th- you think we went and studied? We had some good friends. We learned it. Man, last year we broke down 140 local cattle at that place. That is one of the premier whole cow butcher shops in America. A lot of the butcher shops you'll get into are really into charcuterie, which I love. Nobody else in the market. Is doing what you're doing here. Nobody. No, dude, and, and, and people come from like New York and are like, when I was just in New York last year, and they like knew about the neon pig. And look, they specialize so cool. in a lot of micro charcuterie, a lot of really stuff that we do love too. But, you know, we cure prosciutto, it takes over two years, but. That's, that's not our business I've plan. I've seen it hanging right. in there for a while. But that's, that's not our business plan, but um, we do it because we love it. But they loved what we did because, it, look, we're in cattle town. Right. But to move all those cows, look, we've not been in command of this the whole time. We have been in the rapids, in the river, you know, just rowing and just yeah. flipping, getting back in, trying not to drown and, you know, losing a lot. Making a ton of mistakes, but you know the thing about it is, is you know, it's been a lot of fun, and and um, I can't speak for Seth, but you can't speak for Seth. Well, you know, it, it was it was the funnest. The first year of the pig was the funnest time of my life, and I had just moved back from Birmingham via Colorado. And Seth and I were building it. We knew what we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. We we're going to Blue Canoe every night. You know, we saw Sturgill Simpson with nine people. Adam Morgan came in and said, hey. Can I be honest? Best time of my life, too. I was one of those nine. Yes, you were. You, dude, we, were doing, we were doing crazy things. We were doing hey, renegade parties. DJing in scissor lifts. And, and, and look, there wasn't enough to do a Tupelo. People forget how much Tupelo has changed. Oh then gosh. if you throw an event, we had 350 people that night. Straight the mayor, the, 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 the old mayor, like, there were huge people there. We threw yeah. fake dates for it. It was it was illegal, but it shouldn't have been. Well, it was illegal. But, like, there was nothing, like, bad happening. It was just, like, you got to pull permits for throwing right. something in an abandoned building. Well, you know, sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission. Look, it... But speaking of that, too, the best parties I've ever been to were not supposed to be happening. They're not. You know? They're not. <laughs> but, you know, it's also, like, that spirit of Tupelo, like, what Adam's done... I'll never forget, Adam walked in and was like, and I've told this story so many times, but it is, it's, it's so true. Adam was like, there's a guy tonight, he came in to get smash burger meat. Thank you, Blue Canoe, for always supporting us. He gets smash burger meat, um, and he was like, there's a guy tonight that sounds a lot like Waylon Jennings. And look, Adam knows a ton about music, but at that time, I don't know if 
outlaw country was really like something that I cared enough about. The best night in Tupelo music history, Mitch is speaking about, by the way. Keep going. It, it was revolutionary. I mean, it changed my life. And, and I told Adam, I was like, dude, you just can't go around saying that. And I was being funny, but also I was very sarcastic at that point right. in my life. Um, and I was like, you, no one ever walks up and like, hey, man, there's a guy playing nice. Hey, I'm the like, next Waylon Waylon Jennings. Jennings is playing at Blue Canoe. <laughs> and we had to work. It wasn't one of those things where, like, we shut it down, cleaned it, rushed over there, saw the last song, walked in. It was a clean-cut kid with Converse and jeans on. Pla- plaid shirt. And really his last that. song was, like, I, I kind of caught the last remark. Somebody asking to play a song, and, and he was like, hey, man, that took I, I don't want to play that tonight. It's too emotional, but I'm going to play you this. And it, and I was it was one song, and I was like, that guy is a lot like I feel like Jennings. he closed with Listening to the Rain. I think he did. By, maybe by one of those guys. Maybe Waylon. Maybe it was. Maybe it was something like that. I'll tell you my funny story. I was there the same night, and Mitch would tell me he's coming later, so I got there early. And a buddy of mine told me the same thing. This guy is the next big thing. I laughed it off. I've heard of the next big thing at Blue Canoe before. Alabama Shakes had been there. Yeah. You know? Well, I had my back to the stage, and I was sitting up there talking to maybe Bev and Miles, somebody you know up there. In the very first line, Sturgill sings. He starts rocking out, and he says, Well, I've been spending all my money on weed and pills, trying to write a song. And, and I, I turned around and said, This guy's, this guy's, <laughs> play a little this bit, guy's got what's going on. And it, it changed my musical life. And like Mitch said, it changed Tupelo. It, it, like the entire reputation of the Tupelo music scene at Blue Canoe changed that night. Yeah, and then you know we could have a whole conversation about the blue canoe and people they have. We're going to, and we're we're, we're going to actually we're, we're going to try to do a dinner look, with friends he, with with Adam. Well, sure. I, Adam, he's the he's the goat of that realm, right? No now. question. Man, he 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 is really the goat of Tupelo. He he played the washboard the other night from the stage. I saw a, that. A, every everybody forgets that a couple of years ago Adam was like battling people on Facebook. It wasn't going good. I saw those. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Adam and I went like. I, what he has done is look. It's one of the best bars in America. I yeah. mean, it is absolutely one of the best bars in America. See you later, Snake Skin. Good to see y'all. We had some funny visitors, some friends of ours to swing in. Later, guys. I'll see you at the gym. Thanks for checking out the new spot. Um, Shout out to Neil Law for Chickasaw equipment. Sub uh, the night. Before I went to 11 Madison Park in New York when I was there, how I got there was Megan got me surprise tickets to see John Prime, oh, Radio Music goodness. Hall, awesome. Sturgill Simpson opening up. Man. That's incredible. That, that's a that's like a bucket list show. When people who don't know John Prime, by the way, not, not as many folks will know John Prime if Sturgill listening to this. Do yourself a favor, get on Spotify, listen to John Prime, listen to Sturgill. Two of the better singer-songwriters of the entire genre. And look, put this in there, maybe. Like, don't dismiss them. Like, Sturgill sounds really country, but his material is, it's as well-written as anybody's ever wrote anything. That I'm last, talking about that novels. Album, book, the top, top ten album of all time. It is. And sea stories, and all around you, those are songs that transcend time. And you think you get John Prine because you think he's, like, hokey and out there, but yeah. he, he's the greatest American songwriter of all. He's the greatest songwriter of all time. And, and and that's this is my opinion, including Dylan. And, and I like him better than Dylan. And, and I'm being honest. He and he he's amazing. It was his first time at Radio Music Hall. Oh, my man. dad raised me on John Prine. I had too many drinks, couldn't sit in my seat, got super emotional. You know, I was just yeah. like Sturgill played an all acoustic set, 
And uh, it, dude, I, I it was radio music hall. I was like, give me 17 drinks. You can't get drinks from there. There's not enough drinks for this. It wasn't. <laughs> and and you know, I really needed. I love Megan, but I really needed like a, it needed to be a bunch of guys. <laughs> it, I understand. It, She's it, not going to listen to this at dude, school. It, it is just, it is, oh, she'll listen because yeah, she was she in it. She'll be like, did you put me in there? Uh, was but, I alive? Look, no, no, no. Welcome back to the pod. What's happening? What a good interview. Oh, dude. What a good, ex- it's not like, even an interview. That was an experience. That was an experience. Yeah. 100%. That was an experience. And one will continue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The the, the dinner with friends segment is here to stay. We're going to make that a habit. <laughs> and uh, we're excited about the food. We're excited about the company. We're excited about the conversation. It's going to be awesome. Though, Every man. time we hang out with Mitch, it's a new thing. And I, I learned so much. Uh, re-listening to the interview right then, like there were things he talked about that I was so enamored in listening to what was coming out of his mouth that it didn't necessarily hit my brain through my ears the right way. But when I re-listened to it, I was just like, oh man, he really gets it. We covered a lot of ground. There was so much to talk about. I mean, we we couldn't give you guys the whole two hours we talked. I mean, we gave you snippets. We gave you a big chunk at the meal because that was, that was the real cool part. For what it's worth, we left at 1.50 a.m. Yeah, and then it, then we time traveled to three because it was three, daylight savings. In a matter time. of ten minutes, I, I, I left at one in bed at three a.m. I got home at three. I live five miles <laughs> from the restaurant. Time out now. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? No, but it was fun, and uh, it, it was a that was an experience just that I I don't I won't ever forget. Just the, Me neither uh, the hospitality, uh, the way that. Uh, that he made sure that you know we were taken care of, and he brought food because he knows I'm a, I'm a picky eater. So he brought food he knew I would eat, which is awesome. Uh, th- yeah. Shout out to you, Mitch, for doing that. I'm glad. I mean, you could have trolled me with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because you know I'm that basic. But and I would eaten it. We would eat. I bet it'd been the best peanut butter ever. The best wood fire grilled peanut butter and jelly yeah. sandwich I've ever had. It, but, but, but you know, man, and that was like it's one of those deals where I almost I knew the food was good. But I forgot how it tasted because how much fun we right. had. And the thing about him is there's always growth. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't have gotten the the butcher picnic there when he first opened. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And we won't get it next time. And we, and we, you know, we might not get it next time. Or if we do, it'll be a revamped version of what we ate. Yeah. Or there but, may be something different on there. Not yeah. not the whole chicken. Yeah. Or, you know. But. T- tell me, tell me how much you love that vegetable art project, dude. I mean, I told t- Mitch this, and, and people, we're going to put the pictures of the night on, yes. on our Twitter account and and our Instagram account, where you can find us uh, at the uh, Happening Pod yeah. at Happening Pod. That's H A P P E N I N. No G. There's yeah. not a G in there. Happening Pod P O D. Yeah. On Twitter and Instagram, yeah, you can find us there. You'll see pictures and snippets of what we do. Maybe some videos. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, um, tell me about the vegetable art project, man. Well, man, there. Okay, so there's there's onion, there's squash, there's cucumber, there's uh, potatoes, there's there's stuff that I don't even know exists, but it tastes like vegetables with good stuff on it. Uh, some there's like eight million types of lettuce, but there was that one thing he had in that little bowl that was just kind of like a mock salad, and I was just taking my fork and I didn't even put it on my plate. I just fork it and take a bite of it. <laughs> <laughs> like feta cheese and it looked awesome. everything was and then that corn that you ate. I was too busy nibbling on that corn to get into that uh, bowl you rolled. But yeah, man, like you could literally like take all that stuff and swirl it around with like a spoon in a bowl, and I'd eat it. Just put one of those sauces on it, I'd eat it. And I tell you one of the coolest things, and and I, uh, he said his favorite meal on the planet is his mom's spaghetti. That's so cool. And he said she's not a good cook. He said, but that's his favorite meal on the planet. And the things he talked about about like we are all food snobs here without being food snobs. And what that means is like nobody cooks better than our grandma. Right. It's a food you grew up. You know on. what I mean? And like he'll say that. Like and I t- I was able to tell him, man, you don't I, I love you. You're the best chef I know. 
but you don't cook as good as Wanda DeLoach does or did. You know what I mean? Right, And right. he would say the same thing. He's like, Brian, I know. I don't cook as good as my own grandma. I mean, like, you right. know, it's just kind of. And, and I love how he broke down in detail, like, how that was the toughest generation. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, our moms and, like, you know, people in their 50s and 60s, that was the first generation of women that worked. Yeah. And you know, like our grandmothers, that was what they did. They cooked. There was no food of convenience when our grandmothers were cooking. Right. But when our mother, when our mothers were coming through all that, what can I heat hamburger up? Hamburger helper. Yeah. Uh, you know, box mac and cheese. Yes. And man, my mama could work wonders with some stroganoff. Dude, I mean, uh, four cheese lasagna from Hamburger Helper for what it's worth. I'm going to hold Mitch too, putting uh, the super burger on the, the sh- menu. and the garlic and herb chicken. The pasta. garlic and herb chicken. Got to do that, dude. Those were awesome. Those Shout out. Awesome. Yeah. Shout are, out to the moms. We'll, we'll do those. But man, I tell you, you know, one of the things that I've learned about Mitch, and we're going to segue into this because I want to ask you a question. Now, he's so influenced by music. Yes, you know he he understands the grind that those guys go through. You know what I mean, and how it takes years to perfect their craft and to become anybody. Oh yeah, back in the day, you didn't have SoundCloud. I mean, you no. couldn't become famous overnight for one crappy hook and ripping off somebody's beat or doing something outlandish with your face and your tattoos. You had to be good. People had to find you. You had to get on the radio. They had to see you at a concert when you were barnstorming around the country. They had to see you rapping on a street corner. Mitch gets that. So my thing to you, he talks about Blue Canoe. A lot. And a then lot. You know, we talked about them being a, such a good partnership. Yeah. Uh, he, he thinks, and I agree with him, that it is the best bar, small town bar it's in the very, country. It's very, very good. Yes. It's, uh, Adam I Morgan mean, does a fantastic job. There have been Grammy winners come through. And we talk about those. Sturgill. Oh, yeah. Shakes. Lucas Nelson, you know, yeah. he, he wrote The Star is Born. The, 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 yeah. And practically the film. Yeah, he was Bradley Cooper. You know, yeah. or, or Bradley Cooper was him, blah, 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 pretty much. But, like, my thing to you, what's the best concert you've ever seen in Tupelo? Easy, easy choice for me, Brian. And I haven't been to near as many as you have, but I haven't needed to just because of how much I enjoyed this one. And it, my hope is, is we can talk to him. Kingfish is the best concert. And I, let me just say this. I'm not much of a person that, like, Goes out for the most part and goes and just, you know, I'm going to go hear this local band. Typically, I'm either coaching, I'm at work, whatever. But, like, when I do get a chance to. Was this at the canoe? It was at the canoe, yes, 100%. And my buddies had kind of, like, looked it up, like, online. Like, man, y'all got to see this kid. And I was like, kid? Mm -hmm. He told me, he's like, yeah, man, he's like a 16-year-old guitarist from the Delta. And I was like, I want to go see some, you know. And I went. I've never seen anybody play guitar like that. Man. And when I say play it, it's like. He plays his guitar like people do their job. Right. I mean, it is his job, but like he feels it. But and like, man, there's no, there's not much. I mean, there's not much vocal. I mean, like he sat there pretty much for three hours and just played his guitar until his fingers bled. Well, that is the blues, and and it I was. Mean, you know, and, and it's it's almost a lost art because there's nobody his age doing what no. he's doing, and his his influences are right in his backyard in the Delta. The, hands down, best best show I've ever seen at the canoe. That's awesome. What about Bancorp South Center? What's the best show you think you've ever seen there? You'll love this. I saw, when I was about seven years old, I saw Reba oh, with my mom man. and dad. And I don't know why, Brian, but it's, and I will say this. Fancy mm-hmm. is every male country fan's favorite female country song. Okay. there's no, It's not arguable. Ask any man, any adult that listens to country music, hey, what's your favorite song from a female country artist? Well, probably fancy. Well, sure as heck anything by Trisha Yearwood. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but I'm Team Reba. The, 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 the second was actually Rod Stewart. Dude, dude, you stole mine. I'm you so sorry, mine. man. But tell, let me, me t- tell me why that was your one of your okay. favorites. So I knew my mom and dad were big fans. Oh, it was like their generation. was like one, by the way. Huh? I went to the one in 2001. Oh, I went to the one in like 1992. 
seven. Okay. I mean, I was like 11 or 12 years okay. old, maybe even younger. I was, a, I was a freshman in college when I went to the Rod Stewart yeah. show here. But continue with yours. But no, I mean, it was sold out. And he actually, I don't remember, trying to remember how he had it set up, but he brought the stage off of the wall at the Bancor South Arena. And like, the coolest thing to me, because I mean, I knew some of his songs because my parents, like Maggie May, mm-hmm. Forever Young, I knew those. And I, I got excited, but the ones I didn't know, I was just kind of like, oh, you know what? This guy spoke to my nine, ten-year-old heart, started punting soccer balls. Absolutely. And my dad caught one. And he's kicking them way out in the crowd. And from that moment on, I never forgot that concept. Well, you know, he was a big footballer yeah. back home. And uh, the song, You're in My Heart. Yes. He, I mean, when I was there, he had a, a screen behind him, and it actually had highlights of, like, the, the Yes, the, the, he did the, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was Chelsea. Yeah, our uh, Celtic, Celtic. Yeah, okay, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. That's who, that's who was a fan of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was so cool. Uh, Rod Stewart, that one, I was there. That well, was I'm a, sorry, man. It'd be it's, still it's okay. Yours. But I, I gotta know yours too. Okay. So. Well, at the canoe, uh, I'll give you three. And uh, I was at. I've been at several Kingfish shows, and they're they're awesome. But uh, Sturgill Simpson. Oh yeah. At the canoe, life changing. Like it literally changed my life. Uh, changed my whole uh, spectrum of music that I listened to. Opened me up to the entire sure. like, Americana genre for real. Um, Andy Frasco, it's your boy. Andy Frasco's my boy. If he comes within three hours, I'm driving to see him. No doubt. I'm going to fly out to, to Colorado and hang out with him just because I want to see him play. You yeah. Know? Uh, he'll be back in the area pretty soon. Expect some big announcements there coming Absolutely. up about him. So you'll be hearing about those. Uh, and there was a, uh, the third one I've ever seen at Canoe. It was the third best show. Was a, a guy named Space Capone. He's out of Nashville. White dude, skinny guy with glasses, and he sounds like a funk maestro. He's great. Uh, but those are the three best I've ever seen. Outside of the Rod Stewart concert at the uh, the Bancorp South Center, I saw another fantastic one. Uh, I saw the Eagles there. Dude. About the same time. I, did, I went to Rod that Stewart. too, man. We were there. I'm telling but you. But I didn't even I didn't even think about that one. The but Eagles it was good. good. And it was so good because they they would come out and play the Eagles hits, but they all did their own hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember like Don Henley singing Dirty Laundry, you know, with the <laughs> Eagles, you know. But, uh, man, I really hate I missed out on the Eagles on their on, on their last tour because Vince Gill was playing with them. We always come back to Vince Gill. Uh, but him, him, and Glenn, him and Glenn Fry's son were both like splitting up Glenn yeah. Fry duties, so that was cool. There's another one at Blue Canoe that I forgot to mention. My good friend Wes Harvey is their manager. It's called the Delta Saints. Oh, the Delta Saints are great. And he called me, and he was like, dude, my band's coming. I never heard them, but I actually wound up buying their album. On, on Google Play, really? just because I enjoyed it so much. And I told him, I said, Wes, man, y'all are, they're huge in Europe. And he, he goes on the European tours. Which is like them. Kingfish. It's same, exactly yeah. the same as Kingfish. Yeah. So another one that I thought yeah. about. But no, man, it's, I, I, there's other concerts at Bancorp South Arena that I, mean, I saw Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. Oh, man. Was, you know, and yeah. I love my Maureen. Zach Brown was good there. I saw Dylan there. I uh, saw Alan Jackson, Three Doors Down. And I'm going to tell you another really awesome one. And it was recent. But that Alabama concert, oh, with Charlie Daniels opening, oh, 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 uh, man, it was, it was insane. They sounded just like they sounded when I first saw them in 1987, dude. <laughs> I, I got to tell you a funny story about <laughs> Alabama. My aunt Brenda and and they, they man Brenda loves the podcast. By the way, she listens all the time. Uh, she's the biggest Alabama fan I know. I mean, pretty rabid back in the day. She thought Randy Owen was the sexiest man. Or to quote her, sexiest yeah. socks on a rooster probably. But anyway, <laughs> uh, my mother and her were operators. Or maybe she was an operator for South Central Bell in Memphis. Oh, wow. So whenever Alabama would come to town, Kicks 106 would do like, hey, we got backstage pass giveaway and two tickets to Alabama for the fifth caller. It's a long time. and She's retired now, so I can say this, but they would tie up the phone lines to Kicks 106. 
and they would get all the tickets. Oh, like man. anytime somebody of note came to town, and if Alabama came to town, Brenda Weaver she would had go front rows and backstage. And I'm talking about it was the best. But man, I'll say this about Alabama: they're the greatest American band of all time, and I don't think it's up for debate. That's awesome. I mean, dude. people are going to say the Eagles. I get it, <laughs> but if you take the the top. Like, if you give the 32 straight number one hits that Alabama did, I know the Eagles have the number one selling album of all time. Sure. That's because people just, uh, yeah. you know, don't have much to choose from in American rock right. bands. But uh, Tom Petty maybe is really awesome. But the Alabama, I think Alabama is the best out of the American They're band unequivocally the best Southern band of all time. Absolutely. That's most certainly not. Yeah, I would say in terms of an, uh, overall country just genre, you got in terms of powerhouses, George, Garth, and Alabama. Like I know, I know the old folks are awesome. Like way, oh, those yeah. guys are they kind of set Conway the tone. And, but in terms, yeah. in terms, in, in terms of fan following uh, appeal and record sales, number sure. ones, George, Garth, and Alabama are at the top. That's it. Yeah, they are. Well, you know, we were talking about Kingfish. Uh, yeah. Funny thing that you mentioned that I just got a text alert or an email alert that says that he is playing the opening party for the Gumtree Art Festival. Dude, yeah, uh, I'm in. Yeah, and then the the post party is another guy who's really awesome, Luthy, their band. Luthie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been to Blue Canoe. Blue Delta Jeans guy, right? Blue Delta Jeans guy. Okay. Yeah, Luthy's been to Blue Canoe several times, and he is hot. He's all over the ter- uh, the festival circuit, just like Kingfish. So, speaking of which, I don't. I mean, I know I don't work for you guys or here, but we got to get Kingfish and some blue jeans. Man, would that not be awesome? Yeah, he's prime candidate. Yeah, he I is. think he'd be. I think he would rock him out. <laughs> I think he would. No you, doubt. I mean. Uh, he he travels. I, I mean, uh, dozens of countries a year. It'd oh, be yeah. cool to have our pants all across the globe. No doubt. You know, he's an international phenom. Sure, over across the pond. Yeah, man, that's awesome, man. I, I, you got me reminiscing, thinking about all those old concerts. Oh, I know. Man, you know, Elvis Fest is coming up. They better come hard this year. They need to. They got to rebound because Luthie and Kingfish are going to. I mean, can I it's be honest? A month before. Yeah, a month before, and they're they're better than anybody I saw last year at Elvis Fest. Yeah. So I'm just saying, if the two people playing the Gumtree are th- that good this year, you better come with it. And I I know Adam. I know the weekend of Elvis Fest, he's gonna have a banger in there. Ain't no doubt. So I mean, they better Ain't come no hard. Doubt. They better come hard. So, I mean, because <laughs> if not, if not, they're gonna they're gonna need to sell some tickets. But anyway, just to kind of give you something else, uh, Stolen Faces. Yeah, the, the premier coming gra- to Blue the canoe. premier Grateful Dead cover band is coming to the canoe this Thursday. So, people at Tupelo, uh, you need to get out and check that out. That's Speaking the, of which, that's the fourteenth. Yeah. Uh, that is the fifteenth. Fifteenth. This Friday. Oh, the Friday, the fifteenth. Yeah, Stolen and Faces will be at the canoe. The fifteenth. He's, you know, and a lot of these, you know, we kind of talk about the Blue Canoe, man. We don't know, we don't know a lot of these people, but not a people a lot of knew Sturgill. Right. Not a lot of people knew the Shakes. They didn't. You know, you know, and it's, go check some of these out because you never know. What you're listening to, and you're going to enjoy it regardless. The thing to do, and I'll, and I'll just tell you what you should do is you should get on the Blue Canoe website, yeah, and go to their schedule. They, it, they it pulls have up, they have the names. Page. You can click the name of the person, get a little synopsis of what they are. Get on Spotify, YouTube them, something like that. Yeah. Pull up their music because I'm telling you, that's how I found out about Frasco. A buddy of mine was like, "Hey, this guy's coming here. Uh, pull him up on Spotify. Let's see what's up." Pull him up. First song, I was hooked. I said, "Man, I got to go watch this guy." Yeah. I've, I've seen him 20 times since. So do yourself a favor. Just pull up their calendar when you get a chance, folks. And no just, doubt. Like I said, just pull up the Spotify, see what they got going on. And it's it's a good blend of local, yeah. national, regional. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Adam does such a good job. And a matter of fact, I'm looking at this right now. He's got the entire m- book month, month of March booked. Monday through Saturday. He's got it booked. 
That's incredible, man. Yeah. Like, you know. Most of it's free, no cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he has a, a big premiere act coming through, I mean. Uh, yeah, charge re- you 10 bucks. Yeah, maybe 15. Cool. I'm down for that. And you're going to eat anyway. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you're going to go in there and get, you know, the BC burger, the duck quesadilla. Oh. I mean, shout out to Dude, Adam. The, We're going to get Adam on. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll, we'll let him toot his own horn, but I that place is awesome. I'll toot this for him. He has the best wings in town. Man, that, that that's a strong statement that could be one hundred percent be true. But like, if you if you tell like, it, it, I had the driver up the other night. They were awesome, dude. The um, what is that? The Asian Zing, yeah, dude. And like, they have the chunkiest of chunky blue cheeses. Like, in like, I don't. I, I, we'll let him get to, into it. Yeah. Because I, I, hopefully he can talk about it and bring it to life to me. I saw him on bay, on stage the other night with a band playing the Washboard. So cool. It was dude. cool. Adam's a coolist, yeah. But you got some other stuff up there. What's yeah, we on? you know, and you know, we talk about Blue Canoe and all the acts they've got, and we got the two festivals, you got Gumtree, you got Elvis Fest, and then Bancorp South Arena. I mean, man, that talk about this banger at the end of this month, March thirty first, Sunday night, Jason Isbell in mm. four hundred unit. Man. In the house. The, yeah, the premier singer songwriter. We're gonna do our oh. damnedest to get him on the pod. Man, I might just have to flag him down outside the wing stop. <laughs> hey Jason, we're quick. Give me <laughs> Yeah. Just just do a U-turn in front of his tour bus. Yeah. Hey, man, not need any harm. We just need you 10 minutes on the pod. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no 10 minutes. Can you give us 10 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> Say, hey, what's Get up? out in front of my bus. Yeah, he's, dude, he's awesome. And uh, his wife will be playing with him. She's, yeah. she's a world-class you know, musician, uh, violin fiddle player herself. That'll be really good. Well, they got something else coming and up. Then, uh, two weeks later. Two weeks later, the following Saturday night, Old Dominion. Oh. Up-and-coming country yeah. act. Up-and-coming. I mean, it's almost hard to call them up-and-coming. Yeah. Yeah, they're established. Five years ago, they were they were opening. Now right. they're headliner. Now they're headliner. I think of Detroit Rock City when I say that. Year to the date, Blue Oyster Cult opening for Kiss, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, this is a joke just for my mom, but we got PJ Mask live all for you, the kids. All you parents out there listening, uh, take your kids to PJ Mask. <laughs> I thought PJ Mask was a raunchy comedian but I, I, was, I, was wrong. I, I didn't know what it was going to be man but yeah. yeah my mom set me straight on that but good lineup coming through and then of course summertime's always good the uh fair park has the summer series the thursday night summer series yeah. in the in, yeah. in front of fair park where they get you know, the down, one on, thursday maine? A, down yeah, on maine down on maine yeah one or two thursdays a that, month uh, maybe uh july august september yeah something like that very very cool sometimes it's hotter in the pits of hell out there but i go yeah it's cool i sweat <laughs> everybody else sweating too you know get a, get a snow cone me and sean kaufman <laughs> are out there sweating for sure but uh, you know all this talk about summertime and and spring and it's a beautiful day today we've had so much rain had to find oh. finally got to put my ark up get all the animals off there so much rain around here but uh you know, it t- kind of takes me back um, to when I would end the end of my school years, and we would leave Pontotoc, and we would drive over to Tupelo. And this is always kind of a spring thing, I remember, because it was baseball season. Everybody had their shorts and their, their tans and everything, and the sun in in their hair. Yeah. But we used to come over here from Pontotoc and ride the loop <laughs> in the summer and spring. Like, like, we couldn't do it a whole lot during basketball season. Too cold to stand outside. Yeah. But, but after spring break, from spring break until about the beginning of football season, we were loopers, man. Yeah. And we would come over here and we would hit that loop by Taco Bell and that area. It, it, it started at Blockbuster, Blockbuster Video. And we would loop around right the, the back Next way. to the old yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. And it goes and loops all the way to Taco to Bell. To the other side of Taco yeah. Bell. Yeah, and we would park in the old, uh, I guess the old drive-in movie theater yeah. parking lot. There was nothing Right there. next to Rebel Lane. Yeah, I, I, man, I know you lived on the loop. Tell me about that. Brian, I actually did not get the F out of here. Well, and I'm just, let me just be honest with you here. The loop was almost kind of like a mystery, just because when you're from Tupelo, it's almost like one of those things like, like I can tell you this, I was a blockbuster kid, and I never made fun of the people we were that movie, rode the loop. movie gallery folks in Pontotoc. Right. right. We didn't have blockbuster. But, but like, I would always go to blockbuster, and like, that's an experience in itself, getting to go to blockbuster. It was the best back but in the day. But 
always, you know, I was just kind of like, my, I could tell you this. It was my generation right. that probably stopped. Because cause my sister is six years older than me, and my other sister is eight years older than me, and both of them rode the loop. Okay. So I guess it's like late 90s, early 2000s is when Tupelo teenagers quit riding the loop. I have stories about the Tupelo loop that could not see the light of day as well. <laughs> but they were awesome. So we would do a Pontotoc. Is we would all be eighth or ninth graders, maybe tenth graders, first get our license. Back then, you get your license at fifteen. Oh yeah, no kidding. Or we had uh, older friends or siblings that would we would ride the Pontotoc Loop, which it was Tupelo light. Yeah, you know, we would we Tupelo would go Junior. we would go over there by Pontotoc where JB's is, and we'd ride down to Main Street and ride around the square, park in the junior high parking lot, blah blah blah. But uh, we became juniors, seniors. Yeah, we'd drive over Tupelo, and we thought we were it. We would come back and tell all our friends about riding the Tupelo Loop and yeah. all the beautiful ladies we'd seen and the cool dudes and stuff. Oh, yeah. We had no idea that none of them were from Tupelo. Well, and you know, it's, it's so crazy. And like, it makes sense like, now because we were running people from Nettleton now that I think of yeah. it, Sotillo, Morville. There weren't a whole lot of I can tell you the Tupelo ultimate road. experience is playing Legion Baseball and being a part of Legion Baseball with kids from all over the you know, Amory and Nettleton and Sotillo. And they're like, what are y'all doing Friday night? And we're like, I don't know, man. Just probably hanging out, going to a movie or something, go to a party. You want to ride the Loop? Man, we... We just really don't do that. But, like, sure. I mean, you know, like y'all come with us or we'll come yeah, with y'all. But, like, they all did it. Thinking back on it, I never saw you or John John or no, any of those guys on the We loop. just didn't do it. And I would have remembered y'all. Oh, yeah. You know, 100%. You know, we thought John John, you know, was, like, the greatest baseball dude. player of all. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we would hear, you know, all that oh, stuff. Oh, dude, so I know. We would have known if John John was on the square. <laughs> all of Tupelo would have probably oh, known yeah. if John John was <laughs> Hey, man, John John's at the loop. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's get there. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. So, <laughs> But you awesome. mentioned you mentioned a business on there. that Like, that was always something that was so intriguing to me is, like, you know, back then, none of those business owners cared that you were on their property at 11 11- 13 on a Friday night. Like, it'd be places that sell, like, concrete fiber. And, like, they've you got ha- you 30 cars kids listening, bring back the loop. Yeah. Rebel Lanes would appreciate it. But Rebel Lanes specifically, you talk about an institution, man. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's Tupelo's pastime. It is. And I, st- I mean, I still, here's the thing, I'm not a strong bowler. But if I want to have a good time. You could have fooled me. I thought you'd been an ace bowler. Uh, <laughs> individual sports I'm so bad at, man. Like golf, tennis, bowling, just not good. I've got to have teammates to where if I don't have it, I can be like, hey, man, I got you okay, today. Okay, I got that. I got you today. I respect that, Mac. But, but, but no, but it is a good time. You know, and I'll tell you this, the thing I love about the Revelades, they, they, they haven't revolutionized their decor, and I love that. I because they do it's it on kind of purpose. A, I, I agree. It's been like that since I've been alive. And it's funky, and it's just an old-looking, cool-looking kingpin bowling alley. But they have. I got always this think of the big urn McCracken every time I walk in. <laughs> you go and you see those customized yeah. bowling balls. But they have got the most killer jukebox in there. Oh man, that thing is cool. And it's like you know, and it's expensive. You know, don't get me wrong. It's like it's like a buck for two credits, and two credits is one song. So, and then the more money you put in, the more credits you get. Whatever. But they've got everything. They have got everything you could ever imagine in yeah, that jukebox. And now, I think they've got, the, yeah, you're talking about like the really awesome one they have over there? Yeah, with a touchscreen. Yeah, and the, so yeah. I, I tell you, can I, let me tell you what you can do to folks. So last time I was there, they had this amazing jukebox, but all the young kids were playing the worst music oh, that yeah, I've of ever course, heard. Yeah. So, um, you know, back in the day, you could rickroll people. Yeah. Where like you could like send them a link and it'd be uh, Rick Astley singing Never Gonna Get yeah. Up. Well, nowadays, there's something called uh, Wheeler Walkering Folks. Oh God! So what you could do if you don't like what's going on, you can and you, know, you can get any song, any like real album that's released, 
And uh, I'm not saying that you should all do this, but if you want to check, if you want to check out Wheeler Walker, you can do that on your own time. But some of his songs are funny. Some of you will think it's a <laughs> will make you blush <laughs> yeah, yes. in a hurry. But when, with that being said, if you don't like what's going on, and this is actually an issue, you can go play like ten Wheeler Walker songs in a row, and and they allow you to skip now. Yeah, yeah. You uh, can uh, skip to the front of. The- yeah, and uh, uh, <laughs> they'll have to unplug that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hit the reset button. My <laughs> favorite thing to do in there, and this is, and you always kind of read in the crowd, and it's not being racist or stereotypical, but like if it's league night mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of 50 year old white guys in there trying to improve their score, I go in there and I'll just drop a big timers. Oh, man. And they look over and they're like, what happened to Hank? <laughs> and you're like, I didn't do it. Well, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> this isn't Bob Wills is still the king. You just, <laughs> but you just try to feed, but like, it's it's really cool to me. I always think this is so cool. If you kind of scan the crowd and all the lanes are full, and you're like, all right, what's the best song that I could just set it off in here right, right. now? And you play that one song, and everybody's like, okay. Well, controver- okay. controversial maybe topic, but I'll just say this. Up until the last few months, I feel like the the appropriate song to play anytime you want to set something off is the remix to Ignition. No doubt. <laughs> so, I mean, like- I'll tell you another great bowling alley song. Never fails. We got to try this. Well, we got to go bowling. We got to try this. Mm, bowling's fun. Bob Seger, Night Moves. Oh, you play that, and man. everybody in there starts hearing that opening guitar mm-hmm. riff, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, okay." I'm at a yeah. night. I'm at a night on town in Tupelo now. Yeah. We bowling. We got Bob Seger. Got, yeah. I'm about to order a chili dog. Dollar a PBR. Say dollar chili dog. Two dollar PBR. <laughs> man, you it's know, a it, night. It was cool. Is Rebel Lanes is so old fashioned. They match coupons. So, for instance, if you if the Oxford Bowling Alley, which is an hour yeah. away, has a coupon for like. You know, ten games for twenty bucks, and you bring it over to Tupelo. I'm like, yeah, cool, we'll match that. Yeah, I mean, like they might not. And you know, and we talked about the Tupelo, like the the funk of the old Tupelo Rebel Lanes. That you, bathroom you, is crazy, by the way. It's stained glass. <laughs> I know. I, I can tell you this, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this story, but if you've got to go number two, don't go at Rebel Lanes if you're a male, because the only thing separating you and the American public red stained is red stained glass. glass. There, uh, and no door. And I had to do it one time. The glass they use in the in the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have put that in there. Uh, I'm sorry. The glass, the glass they use for the stall, is like the top of an old Pizza Hut bus, cup. Uh, and they yeah, look like yeah, Pizza, like pizza Hut, Hut cup. Yeah, the green. Yeah, I mean the the red, the red cup. They look like a red cup. Like they like that. This the wall there. But anyway, it's a cool place. <laughs> you have to embrace it if that happens to you. Yeah, that gives it. Hey man, how you doing? And what's cool yeah. about it is they care about the past. Like they have yes. the list of the bowlers of the year from like oh, the sixties. Yeah. Like people who are awesome. And like. Like uh, Parker Bone Three, yeah, and like uh, Pete Weber. I mean, like professionals have stopped in people at a bowl. Yeah, really cool. Barns back in their barnstorming days. Yes, sir. My uh, my friend Hal Teasler, his wife Miss, I mean, excuse me, his mother Miss Harriet. She was once like the bowler of the year and has three hundred games. That's awesome. I mean, it's cool just thinking about like people back in the day. And the, back in the day, the bowling alley was the adult equivalent of the skating rink. That's right. You know what I mean? Like kids would go skating. Kids go to the skating rink. And adults go would go bowl. You know what I mean? That was kind of yeah. almost like a, a reverse nightclub for adults. Yeah. Hey man, it's just, I mean, almost like singles night going on there. Sure. For sure. So anyway. Shout out yeah. Rebel Lanes. Shout out to Rebel Lanes for keeping it cool. We, we're going to do a live pod from Rebel Lanes one day. They'll let us. Bowling with ask. friends. Bowling with friends. We're doing it. That's coming up. Man, that'll be fun. No doubt, man. The thing's going on in the background. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so anyway, y'all, don't go Wheeler Walker, anybody. Please don't. But with that being said, if you don't like what's going on around you, feel free to Wheeler Walker somebody and walk out the door. Yeah. Don't be there when they find, find out it's you. So. Or just, just skip through the quay, pay an extra couple of bucks, play the song you want to hear. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> it's like, man, I just had Taylor Swift lined up. Yeah. No, Not anymore, you didn't. No longer you don't. No longer you don't. <laughs> Well, man, Mac, this has been fun. No doubt, man. Uh, man, I've enjoyed being with you. I, I've have recovered over the course of the past <laughs> hour. 
Oh, man, last night was rough. Shout out to Mitch. Shout out to Megan. No doubt. Shout out to uh, Sean, chef who prepared the meal yes, for us. Yes, man. Uh, Phenomenal. And, and all the KOK staff. And, uh, yeah, man, it's been really fun. We look forward to uh, putting more of these out for you. What yes. You, yeah, what you got, Mac? Uh, you know, man, I, I'm telling you, like, it's just the innovation that we're shooting for, I guess you'd say, is Brian and I don't sit around and say, man, what can we do to be cool? We just do what we do. Yeah. And this is this is us talking. If we don't have the microphones on, this is the same stuff we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, but we're going to bring you stuff like that. We're going to bring you local celebrities, regional celebrities, yeah. people that you want to hear from. All walks I, of life. All walks of life and a little bit of everything. And one thing that we're going to try to do our best at is let you know if there's something that's not for you, you don't want to hear about Rebel Lanes, we're going to tell you when we're talking about it. Yeah. So you can fast forward, but you're going to want to hear that Rebel yeah. Lanes. We'll, we'll, we'll do better about that going forward. I just get so excited sometimes I forget to say, here's what we got coming up. But, you know, we'll do better about that. And. Folks, if you if you didn't hear us earlier, you can check us out on Twitter. We'll link our pod. Yeah. Uh, it's Happening Pod at Happening Pod H A P P E N I N P O D. Yeah, all one word, and then we'll it, the Instagram. same on Instagram as well. Follow us and check out our episodes because they're coming. Interact with us, tweet us, tell us what you want to hear, uh, make comments. If there's uh, somebody you want to hear us interview yeah. that we could get. We'll do it. Yeah, and if you think uh, tweet us, tweet us your good feedback. If you think we suck, don't tweet that. Yeah, just text, but text us. Yeah, text us that. Don't tweet <laughs> and we'll that. improve or cut you out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, just feel free to contact us. Uh, send us cool things you see on the road. Uh, we yeah. like to share them. You see a good sporting event. You see a good meal. You got a good place you want to stop. A good steakhouse we need to know about. Let us know. We'll, we'll be glad to talk about it. Absolutely. If we you got an event know. coming up, uh, let us know about that too. We're glad we're glad to share that with everybody. No so. doubt. It's been episode one of the What's Happening podcast with Brian Baldwin, McKinley Holland. We'll check you next episode. <laughs>